0: Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them. It's about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. My name is Dr. Shayla D. Williams, and today's guest is Melissa Snow. Melissa has a very interesting topic. We're going to talk about how to avoid the same type of relationships over and over And she said on her site that all the love I so desperately wanted from someone else was already in me. I just needed to find it. And so we're going to talk about how she discovered who she really was, how to learn and like herself, which means love and like yourself, how to master boundaries and improve communication. Welcome to the show, Melissa Snow.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Quite let's start
0: with a quote that I took from your website. You said, quote, I wasted most of my 20s and 30s looking for love in all the wrong places until eventually I hit rock bottom, end quote. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Can you talk to us about that time in your life?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a pretty open book about that time in my life because I've worked through all of the shame of it. And so, um, you know, I've certainly made my mess my message, as they say. So um, in my most of my 20s, I just I didn't have a lot of self-worth. I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. I always felt like there was something wrong with me, like I was different than everybody else, but not in a good way. And I was always just desperate to find love and acceptance and worth and feel like I was enough. But I didn't know how to do any of that for myself. So I was always looking for it in relationships that I had. And when you are looking for that kind of validation or that kind of looking to someone else to complete you or make you whole, that is not a recipe for healthy relationships. And so, um, you know, I dated men, I dated women, I dated people older than me, I dated people younger than me, I dated people who were married to someone else. I mean, I really did not discriminate. (laughs) It was Mm -hmm. really just like, are you going to pay attention to me and tell me I'm pretty and make me feel like I have some kind of value in the world? Even if it's one day out of seven, that's still more than I'm giving to myself. And so in 2008, I was a high school English teacher and I had what at the time I considered a relationship with one of my students. I put the word relationship in air quotes because at the time I really believed that's what it was. And now in retrospect, after doing a whole bunch of work on myself, I can see that really it just was me so desperately wanting to feel better about myself and to feel good about myself and to feel like I was enough and valued by someone. And I got that need met However, I could. And I got caught. I got arrested. That's why I say it was my rock bottom. Um, But it was also, I tell people all the time, like the worst thing and the best thing that could have happened to me because it was a really, really, really hard time for many, many years. And I wasn't sure that I was going to survive it. But now that I'm on the other side, I can see how much it changed me and how much I learned about myself and grew up. And got to this place of real, just like self-acceptance and worth and love for myself and knowing that I am enough just as I am. And I attribute that to being the only reason that I now have such a beautiful, healthy, wonderful relationship. And it's only because I did that work on myself.
0: Well, that's interesting. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. So I just want to backtrack. Where did that uh, need for self-validation come from? I mean, it, what was it maybe societal thing? Well, you're not enough, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what do you think that came from first? I'm just curious.
1: I mean, I think it was a lot of things. Um, my sister is my best friend in the whole world, but she was challenging to have as a sister growing up because she always got good grades. She was very athletic. She was thin. She was blonde. Boys liked her. And um, I wasn't any of those things. And so growing up and comparing myself to my big sister, um, you know, and that was something I did to myself. That wasn't anyone else comparing me. Um, But I just that let that made me feel I allowed that to make me feel not good enough a lot. Um, And just, you know, society says there's so many things that we as women, especially and as girls need to. Be and I never felt like I was a lot of those things. Um, And now I can see that the things that are different about me, the things that are unique about me, are the things that make me amazing and wonderful. But at the time, especially in like middle and high school, it does not feel wonderful to be different.
0: Mm, Yes. I can relate to that. What would you say to someone who's in that type of situation? Maybe where you were. And how they feel that they don't feel worthy or they feel like, you know, they have a friend or a relative who's objectively is better looking and they're getting all the attention and and they're not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that's really hard to work through on your own. Like I tell my clients all the time, you could read the books and you could follow the gurus on Instagram, and you can take the free webinars all you want. And you may make progress, but it's going to happen a lot faster and be a lot simpler with someone else's help. So whether that be a therapist or a coach or, you know, anything along those lines, I think just having an outside person who can help you to see your thoughts in a way that you are not seeing them can be very helpful. Um, because i didn't realize how much i was really getting in my own way i felt like i was really powerless and like things were just happening to me and um you know my feelings were just happening to me and i had no control over them and once i really started working on myself and taking control of my own thoughts that allowed me to take control of my feelings and of what was happening in my life but it was hard for me to see on my own what I could do, um, before I had someone else to help me look at things from a different perspective.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So now let's get to the part where you're out of jail (laughs) and where did that work begin? It's like, okay, I'm out of here. Never. Will I ever go through that again? Yeah, no.
1: Um, Yeah. So I spent a good year or two still feeling like a victim, still feeling like it wasn't fair, still feeling like it wasn't my fault or that I didn't do anything wrong. And, you know, eventually I just got to the point that was like, this is going to be my life regardless of how I feel about it or how I respond to it. So I can either be mad and dig my heels in and continue to tell everyone who will listen that I'm right. Or I could just chill out and open myself up to the possibility that maybe these people who are trying to help me change might know something. And I just got to the point that I really wanted to know why and how I had become a person who thought that what I did to that boy was okay. And that was really important to me because I wanted to not only make right to the wrongs that I had done and, you know, make it right to the, all the people that I had hurt, but I also wanted to do it for me. I wanted to move forward in the rest of my life as someone who had control over themselves, as someone who had control over the actions that they were taking and the results that they were getting in life. And, Um, you know, what really changed everything for me was I took a class from a life coach and basically she had everybody go around and say like, my life would be so much better if only, and then fill in Mm -hmm. the blanks. And God bless this 85 year old woman who stood up and said, my life would be better if only I could lose 10 pounds. (laughs) Um, But I, I said, you know, my life would be better had I not made this choice, I think it was like three or four years ago at the time. And what she said to me then was basically that the problem I had now was not that I had made that choice and done what I did to that boy. The problem now was the story I was continuing to tell myself about what that meant about me and about the life that I could have. And that was really the first time I realized like, my life doesn't have to be over and this doesn't have to define me. I can take this any direction that I want to take it. And that's up to me. And so that's when I really started to open myself up to doing the work on myself.
0: Yeah, it's empowering when you say that I'm going to take control of my life would be better if, and I guess that people just don't get to that level of introspection.
1: Yeah, well, we all feel like that if is outside of us.
0: (laughs) And it's going on now. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I was just going to say it w- It takes different things for different people to realize that it really is up to you. And in some ways, it's easier and more comfortable to just say, well, you know, I can't help it. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah,
0: it is. Because if you I guess if you take that mindset that I have no control, it absolves you of any personal responsibility. Right.
1: <laughs> okay. So right. And for some people who have been the victim for so long, that's a lot more comfortable.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I admire that it takes a lot to move past that and and that stigma, I guess.
1: Mm -hmm. And so
0: how do you handle judgment from people? I'm like, oh, I can't believe you did that, blah, blah, blah.
1: Oh yeah, it's there. Um, But like I said, I I share my story pretty openly for a couple of reasons. One, because I want the women who come to me for help to know that this is a judgment-free zone. Like there's nothing they can tell me that they have done in the pursuit of love that I'm going to be like horrified or judging about. Right. Because I mean, I've been where I've been. Mm -hmm. Um, But also like, I want women to see that if I can go through everything that I went through and be the person I used to be, and now be this person with this amazing relationship and life that is better than I ever imagined. Like, If I can do that, then I feel like a lot of women feel like maybe it's possible for them too. And the other thing too is like I had to work through a lot of shame and I had a lot of shame for a long time. And, um, you know, I've always heard there's a big difference between guilt and shame and guilt is feeling bad about what you did and shame is feeling bad about who you are. And um, I felt bad about both for a really long time. And now I still feel guilty. I still feel bad about what I did and I always will, but I don't feel bad about who I am and I don't feel bad about who I was then either. I have a lot of compassion for that version of myself. And so, um, you know, the fact that I don't have that shame makes it easier for me to kind of let other people's opinions bounce off. That's powerful. And I think I just
0: found my quote for the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I never really thought about the difference between guilt and shame, but I, I believe that if, if we can wrap our minds around that, that we can move forward. And, and do you think that's what hold people back because they don't see the difference?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's huge for people because I believed for a long time I would never move past this. You know, I have a journal entry I wrote that was like, how is anyone ever going to love me? How is anybody ever going to want to give me a job? How am I ever going to be okay again? And we believe that when we're still in that shame place. And then once we get to the point that we realize, like, that doesn't have to be who we are, like, we don't have to be defined by the worst thing that we ever did. You know, that's very empowering.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's fast forward. You say you're in a great relationship now. So take us to in the early right before you met him. And, you know, what, what was that early interaction like?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I actually met him when I was 13. So that's that was a long time ago. But we've been dating for about eight years now. It was interesting to me in the beginning, because this is the first healthy relationship that I've ever had with a healthy person. And so after the first like six months, when we weren't fighting, we weren't yelling at each other, we weren't breaking up and getting back together over and over again. Like, there was just no drama. And I realized like when you hear women say, well, he was just too nice, that's what they mean. They mean it was uncomfortable for me to have a healthy relationship. <laughs> and so my brain told me he was just too nice. Um, and I remember being in that place of like, how do I know he really loves me if we're not breaking up and getting back together? <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. how do I know he wants to be with me if he's not breaking up with me and getting back together with me. And so it did take some time for me to adjust to like, oh, this is what healthy people feel like in healthy relationships. And this is what it's supposed to be like. Um, And then just really learn to appreciate that. And there was, I mean, there was a learning curve for both of us, as I think there is for anyone who's had prior relationships, because it's hard not to bring Our prior experiences into our current relationships. I did enough work on myself that when I found him again, I was ready for it. And that's the big thing I really focus on with my clients is like, they all come to me so desperate for a boyfriend or a fiance or a husband or someone to love them. And we look at like, what is it that you think that that relationship is going to give you? And now let's figure out how to give it to yourself. And so I did that for myself. So then when I met him, I didn't put all of this like pressure and neediness and clinginess on him in the relationship because I was good. Like I already knew I was a catch and if he could see it, that was awesome. But if he couldn't, that was fine. I'd just move on and find someone who could. And so it was very, very different entering that relationship than any I'd ever been in before. And it was only because of that work I did on myself.
0: Hmm. So it sounds like that mind shift, instead of saying I'm a half looking for my other half, you're a whole person looking for another whole person.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I love Jerry Maguire. It's one of my favorite movies ever, but that you complete me line is the worst. (laughs) It's the worst.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's how I feel about Tony Braxton's uh, Breathe Again. Do you remember that song? Yes. <laughs> that without you, I'll never breathe again. I said, then how will you survive? You're not going right. to live. Right. But <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, I don't know. I guess I was a teenager when that song came out. But <laughs> I think you kind of touched on it already. Why do we go from one bad relationship to another? And you were saying that some women, when they're in a normal relationship, it just kind of makes them what? The, uh, something's wrong here. Right. Uh, yeah. I it's don't just know. Like, it's is, like, it's like a bear trap waiting to, wait to spring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of different reasons the the most obvious, I guess, is that we attract what we think we deserve. Once we truly believe that we're worthy of the kind of love that we want, then we attract a partner who deserves us because good partners are attracted to women who are confident and have healthy boundaries and bad partners are attracted to women who think that they're broken. And, you know, one of the things I tell my clients a lot too, is there's a saying that says, when you fish with diamonds, you're going to catch a fish that likes diamonds. I have these clients that are out there fishing with various things that they think are going to catch men, like their sexuality or their usefulness, like what they can do for him. And it's like, if you fish with sexuality, you're going to catch a fish who's looking for that. If you fish with what you can do for people, you're going to find someone who wants to use you. Like what you're putting out there is what you're going to bring in. And that's a huge part of it, right? Because healthy people are not attracted to unhealthy people. (laughs) Healthy Mm. people meet unhealthy people and they want to run away. So, you know, that's why so much of my work is focused. My clients are always like, okay, but why aren't we talking about how to get a boyfriend? And I'm like, we are, it's just not what you think. (laughs) Exactly. I like that you said that because I
0: guess during the interview, I was expecting something and then you're saying something opposite of what i was thinking i'm like you know what that makes sense what she's saying and maybe that's the problem right it's that it's that espe- expectation of how things are what do you think to i was out. gonna say oh well you know go out to the library go to places where you most where men like to hang out your know, stuff like that <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of coaches who do similar things to what I do, but they're really focused on like, you know, let me revise your online dating profile or let me tell you the six words that you need to use to make him love you forever or whatever it is. And I'm just, I mean, maybe there's a time and a place for that, but I'm not about that. I'm much more about like, let's just work on you and figure out how you can be a happy and whole and healthy person. And then I believe the rest is just going to happen for you.
0: That sounds eerily similar to my slogan. It's not about changing them. It's about changing how you respond to them.
1: Yes. When (laughs) I heard that in your intro, I was like, all right, I'm in.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. I knew you were going to be a great guest. (laughs) Let's talk about just communication skills in general.
1: Are you talking like communicating with someone that you are interested in or communicating with someone you're in a relationship with or just communication in general?
0: Yeah, you were saying you improved your communication dramatically. So so let's start there. What weren't you communicating before?
1: I mean, a big part of that is just being able to show up authentically as myself and to be able to ask for what I want and ask for what I need because I knew that I had a right to, as opposed to before that, I think I leaned more on the like maybe passive aggressive side or um was one of those people that just kind of, I mean, women do this all the time. We expect them to read our minds and know what we want and know what we need. And then when we, when they don't, we're mad about it. I tell my clients, like, if you, if something really big and extravagant on your birthday is important to you, then give him a heads up of that. Don't just tell him like, oh, I'm cool with whatever. And then Mm -hmm. when he orders you a pizza, you're going to be mad, you know, like it's okay to have wants. It's okay to have needs and it's okay to ask for them. But when we don't believe in our own value and our own worth, we don't believe that it's okay for us to ask for what we want and need.
0: You know, i like that analogy. You know, you fish with diamonds, you're going to get fish who like diamonds. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this movement? It's a um, Mike tower, something like that. Men go their own way. Are you familiar with it? No. Well, it's um long story short, I guess men who've been in bad relationships and now they're saying, you know, marriage isn't worth it, women aren't worth it, it's from now on, I'm going to do me and I'm not going to pay I- anything for a woman. It's I can under I can almost understand that that point, but but I'm thinking, well, what type of woman were you with? Right? <laughs> were, were you like, okay, sheep, the gold diggers, but are you giving off that vibe? that right. you would take care of her every need. I mean, think about where you're coming from.
1: Right. I mean, if you are attracting gold diggers, there's a reason like you're clearly fishing with your money.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it sounds good to a point the way that you've explained it. I mean, it sounds a lot like what I'm saying in terms of like, go out and live your life and you do you and become the best version of yourself and learn to love yourself and the rest will happen. But I also think it can be taken to an extreme. Like I'm not talking like go to the extreme of like, I don't need a man. I don't want a man. I'm not even going to talk to a man. Like, I mean, that's, that's almost how it sounds is like. That women are the enemy, and yeah, it, it's. Go ahead. I, I'm I'm just not sure that's where anyone wants to be. At least not a healthy person. I
0: agree because, like you say, they're the opposite extreme. It's it's being too into someone that you neglect yourself, but then you go to the where you don't even let anybody in anymore, and you're just suspicious of them and antagonistic toward them before you even had a chance to know them.
1: Right. Yeah. It reminds me of that story about um, the guy that was standing on his roof during a flood and a helicopter came by and was like, hey, do you want me to save you? And he's like, no, no, God will save me. And then like somebody came by in a boat and he's like, hey, do you want help? And he's like, no, no, God's going to save me. And then like eventually he drowns and he gets to heaven and he's like, hey, what the heck? I thought you were going to save me. And he's like, I sent you a boat and a helicopter. It's like if you're so closed off to – the idea that you may meet a woman or a man or someone who is a good relationship for you, they could be like banging on your door and you're going to have no idea because you're so in this space of like, I don't need anyone. I'm going to live alone forever. Yeah, exactly. Like you got to at least leave the door open a crack. I get that. (laughs) All right.
0: So as we're wrapping up here. I want to give you a chance to talk about your webinar, How to Stop Attracting the Same Type of Man Over and Over.
1: Yeah, it's really good. So I do this webinar for free every other week. Um, So anybody who follows me on Facebook will get a notification about it. Um, And it's just, we talk about... What I have seen with my clients who come to me wanting to know why they keep dating jerks. And so we talk about the 4 types of men that women frequently find themselves attracted to over and over again. Um, And those are the narcissist, the bully, the fixer-upper, and the unavailable man. And so we talk about, like, how to know if you're with one or if you have dated one, um, why you might be attracting these types of people. And then we go through, um, like, the 5 main reasons that I see with my clients of why this keeps happening, like, what the problem really is, and some solutions that people can try. If they hire me, that's great. But I try to give information on the webinar that is stuff that they can actually do on their own to try to gain some insight and And move closer towards the solution of not attracting these men over and over again. So yeah, it's super fun and it's really good, really good information. Mm -hmm.
0: Can you give me an example from the five types you mentioned just very briefly, like maybe the narcissist type?
1: (laughs) Yeah. What are we looking
0: for? How do we get out of that?
1: Yeah. So the narcissist is the guy who's like really charming and talented and successful and attractive and everyone likes him. But then once he really has you hooked in a relationship, you start to see a different side of him. And he becomes really demanding, critical, self-centered. He's the guy that can make anything your fault, um, can turn everything around on you, makes you second guess yourself, makes you feel like you're going crazy. And the problem with that is he was so great in the beginning that women really find themselves like justifying why they're staying with him because they can remember how wonderful he was in the beginning. And they think, well, if I just do X, Y, and Z thing, maybe I can get that nice guy back. And he Um, knows that. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, one of the things that I suggest in my webinar about why women might be attracting these type of men is if, is that they are, they're looking for the wrong qualities initially. And what they find frequently is, like, I'm always attracted to a guy that plays hard to get. Or I'm always attracted to the, like, loud, fun party guy. Or I'm always looking for, like, is he taller than me and does he work out? Like, if those are the things that you're looking for in a partner, then you're getting so stuck on those types of things that you're missing the clues when he shows you who he really is. So that's just I one example.
0: Yeah. And I want to point out too, for my male listeners out there, this can apply to you too. Oh, the for type sure. Of, <laughs> the type of a person that you seek, whether it's a guy or a woman. For sure. All right. And so the other thing you have, uh, the 30 day detox program.
1: Yeah. So the motto of the 30-Day Detox Program is love yourself, know your worth, own your power. So this program is really for women who are tired of feeling frustrated, lonely, and not good enough, Um, women who are sick of attracting the same man in a different body over and over, Um, and women who are ready to finally get through the obstacles that are keeping them from having the love that they want. So um, they get membership in the exclusive 30 Day Detox Facebook group where I post every day about different topics. Um, They get six live masterclasses, which are about things like how to feel better right now, how to build your self-confidence, how to stand up for yourself, how to let go of the past. Um, They get six group coaching sessions and then two individual coaching sessions. So it's really fun and it's really incredibly powerful. The amount of change and transformation that these women experience between day one and day 30. It's it's really awesome. Sounds awesome. Yeah, sign up, (laughs) do
0: it. So uh, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, so they can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm always happy to accept friend requests. I post a lot about my business and stuff on my personal page, or they can follow me on my business page. So it's Melissa Snow. And then my business page is Melissa Snow Life Coach. They can also go to my website, which is dot www.melissamsnow.com.
0: www.melissamsnow.com.
1: Yep. And my email, that might be easier too. That's mmslifecoach at gmail.com. Okay. As I like to do with my interviews, I like to
0: give my guests the final word. So do you have any final thoughts or anything you want to leave with my audience? Go for it.
1: Yeah, I would just say it's never too late to change how your story ends. Um, I'm a I'm a huge believer of that. And No one is too far gone. No one is too crazy. No one is too broken to be able to turn things around and take their life in a different direction if that's what they really want to do. So, you know, I feel like I'm a really good example that it's never too late to change the direction of your life and change how your story ends.